Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now... Please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age. And you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, joining the show today is Chris Shad. He's been writing for us here at the Viking Age for, for quite a while, and he's been on the podcast multiple times in the past. So just welcome back to the show, Chris. Adam, what's going on, man? How are you enjoying the uh, off season? Um, It's pretty good. I mean, better than last year. I feel like there's a lot more stuff going on because you know people are actually practicing and stuff so there's there's more definitely more to talk about um especially with the vikings making this move recently so most recently the vikings made the decision last thursday to trade cornerback mike hughes to the kansas city chiefs in exchange for a 2022 six-round pick a big haul they got for him uh after the vikings drafted him in the first round in 2018 Hughes only lasted three years with the team before they traded him last week. So what what generally just what was your reaction when you first learned about the Vikings trading Mike Hughes to the Chiefs last week? My eyebrows went up because I didn't think they'd actually trade him. I think if they got rid of him, they would have cut him after training camp. I was more surprised that they did not bring him into off-season activities, training camp, etc. to see how that neck was testing out. They're going to know more than we will about the type of injury that Hughes suffered, uh, the broken neck or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But I I think that the way the Vikings depth chart is set up, there's still question marks throughout the secondary. I mean, Patrick Peterson, he's a name, but he's declined in each of the last two years. Mm -hmm. Cameron Dantzler had some good name, uh, good games rather, but he had his own injury issues. Then you have Mackenzie Alexander. You have, uh, Chris Boyd, uh, one more guy, Harrison Hand. Yep. You know, all of those guys are going to compete for a cornerback spot. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's just kind of wanting to see a first round pick turn out. But I don't think Mike Hughes was ever going to turn into the shutdown cornerback the Vikings expected when they took him in the first round in 2018. Yeah. And he looked, it looked at first, looked like he was going to be a good pick. He had that pick six in his first game. Um, and then, you know, he had some other good moments after that. And Mike, Mike Zimmer was raving about him in his first training camp and how he's been able how he's able to pick up the defense, you know, quicker than most rookies. And then he tore his ACL and I don't think he's ever been the same since. Um and I think Mike Zimmer kind of alluded to that the other day when he spoke and said that kind of just hasn't been the same since uh his his injuries and they've kind of held him back and 
So, you know, they just wanted to see. It, it, it did seem like they were going to probably cut him before the season, uh, which is, you know, kind of obvious when you just, you're okay with getting a six round pick back for a guy you drafted in the first round a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, just injuries, I think just had a big impact on, on him. And I'll be interested to see if he actually makes the chiefs roster because with them giving up a six round pick, there's no guarantee that he's even on their roster either. I've had some, some chiefs people ask me, you know, what, what, what should we know about Mike Hughes? And I'm like, there isn't really a whole lot to know or that I can tell you because like, he just, he hasn't been on the field. And when he has, he hasn't been that great. Um, cause I think. We, you, you, you could look at his second year as kind of being his rookie year because he was only on the field for like five and a half games his first year. Yeah, and I think there's two things I'll remember about Mike Hughes is one, the pick six against San Francisco, yeah. which I think was on a broken coverage if I don't remember. I'm not trying to discredit it because I can never make an interception, let alone return oh, for yeah. a touchdown in the National Football League. But uh, I, the other one is Amari Cooper just taking yeah. his soul on national television and you watch that game and you're kind of like, I don't, I don't know. This is his first start and I don't really know what to expect from him. Yep. But, it, but it wasn't a good sign in his overall development. Like you said, tearing his ACL and then backing that up with a broken neck. I mean, those are two pretty serious injuries to come mm-hmm. back from. And I, you know, if the guy, I, I don't think we'll ever sit here and go like, oh God, if we only didn't trade Mike Hughes to Kansas City, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that. You know, it's just something that panned out, and that's what you see with first-round picks sometimes with any team. Sometimes it's not the player. It's just a slew of injuries that holds a guy back. Yeah, and you look at it, and the Vikings going into that 2018 draft, a lot of people are like, they should, you know, be picking an interior offensive lineman. You know, sound familiar. Um, but they went with a corner, and we were all like, um, okay, well, whatever. Maybe Xavier Rhodes is getting older i guess and, and trey waynes is maybe on his way out um so it was kind of interesting just to see that they did that and in the end didn't work out i don't know where some of the guys they passed on are are right now as far as like will hernandez and uh some of the other guys well what what do you what do you got on him so I'm looking right now at some of the guys that they passed up. Obviously, you have Lamar Jackson, two picks after yeah, my keys, but yeah, yeah. they they just I I mean <laughs> I've been I've written articles about it. Like man, maybe they should have done that because like the the Seahawks signed Matt Flynn to that big free agent deal, and then they drafted Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson was a third round pick, yeah. And you know to take a quarterback there, like the Vikings wound up doing. Like, it's not a big deal if he flames out. But you also had other guys. I mean, you had uh, you had Austin Corbett. I, I don't know where he is. Will Hernandez has been up and down. Yep. Nick Chubb. Uh, Darius yep. Leonard would have yep. been a good pick. Yep. Uh, you got Cortland Sutton, who might explode yep. if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. Yep. Uh, th- there's some interesting names here that I'm looking up. Uh, PJ Hall is on that list. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> passed on him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. DJ Chark, there, there's another one. But oh, yeah, yeah all the offensive linemen. I mean, I'm not mad that the Vikings took Mike Hughes over them. I mean, they got Brian O'Neill at pick 62. But, That's true, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I don't think they would have drafted Lamar Jackson because they just signed Kirk Cousins to that massive deal and committed all that money to him. I don't even think – I think the owners would have been like, uh, what are you guys doing? 
Well, Mike Zimmer's an old school coach too. I, I mean, he's probably not a fan of the whole zone read run option quarterback. He, I assume he had to have some talking to before they drafted, uh, I was going to call him Christian Kirk, same school, uh, Kellen Mond yeah. out of Texas A&M. Uh, I, I think that Zimmer's just, you know, pocket passer, run the ball. I don't think he was on board with Cousins, but I, I don't think he would have been on board with taking Lamar Jackson after paying Cousins either. Right. Well, you know, if he knew that Lamar Jackson would run for a thousand yards, you know, pretty much every year, I don't think he would mind because he likes to no. run the ball a little bit. All right, so I don't think we mentioned this guy, but with Jeff Gladney's status for next season still uncertain, and then you know, you factor in just trading Mike Hughes. Do you think the Vikings should add another veteran corner to their roster before training camp, or should they just roll with the just the other corners they have on their roster? You mentioned Harrison Hand and Chris Boyd, some of those guys. I think they should add one. I, I'm not sure who that cornerback is. I know yeah. Rashad Breland is out there. Yep. Um, maybe there's another guy that can compete with that four or five spot. Ro- like Nickel Roby Coleman's out there too, I think. Yeah, and I wouldn't be too mad if they sign him to compete with Mackenzie Alexander. Because, yep. I, I, like, Mac was really good. I think it was in 2018, especially towards the tail end. 2019, he got a little bit banged up. I mean... There's a lot of positions on this team, cornerback included, that if there's one injury, you're screwed. You're mm-hmm. playing the Chris Jones of the mm-hmm. NFL again. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that adding a corner would be a great way to kind of prevent that. And the Vikings have the cap room now. They're going to get about, what is it, $8 million on June yeah. 1st from the Rudolph yep. cut. Yep. So, yeah, they can go out and make a move. I, I think they absolutely should sign one more cornerback. Yeah, look into that and maybe see if they can add a – a receiver too, since they waited to what the fifth round to, to add a receiver in the draft this year. Uh, you know, it's not like there weren't anyone, wasn't anyone available before then. But speaking of rookies, Vikings rookie minicamp took place this weekend, so we got our first look at some of the team's top draft picks in purple, including Christian Darrisaw. You mentioned Kellen Mond and and Wyatt Davis, but but on Mond. Um, I don't think I've had you on since the Vikings drafted him. So what was just your reaction after Minnesota drafted him in in the third round? I was very mad that it wasn't Justin Fields. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here's the thing with Justin. Like, I went into, like, two days before the draft. I'm just like, nah, there's no way they get Justin Fields. Somebody's going to, like, because I remember Tua Tagovailoa the year before and everybody's like, oh, it's hip. He's going to fall to late 20s. And, like, the Vikings should snatch mm-hmm. him. And he went, like, fourth. Mm-hmm. So uh, this Fields thing, I'm like, okay, these are just smoke screens. He's like the Mac go, Jones like, thing when they, they're they like, he can yeah. number three. Yeah. He, he's going to get taken at four or five. And then everybody's going to get on with their life. And then he started falling. And he got, to, he got past Carolina. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you got to trade up, Rick. And I was like, trade up, trade up, trade up. And eventually the Bears are the team that trades up. And I think the fact that the Bears traded up for Fields was just like the ultimate gut punch. Like mm-hmm. they could have taken, like I said, the Justin Jefferson of the offensive line, and they might have it in Christian Darisaw, who knows. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they could have taken uh, Randy Moss, and I still would have <laughs> been pissed off they didn't trade for Justin Fields. I, I mean, that's maybe exaggeration, but I mean, I was just that depressed. So to go into the third round, wait for that developmental prospect like Kellen Mond, it's almost like when you want to go to McDonald's as a kid and like, hey, can we go to McDonald's? No, we got food at home. 
no, can we get Justin Fields? No, we got Kellen Mond at home. <laughs> like, it, it just feels like Kellen Mond is a less polished passer than Justin Fields. I think his mobility is about the same, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. I'm not going to know what Kellen Mond is for another couple of years. Right. And if he's good, great. If he's not, well, you wasted a third round pick on him. It's not a big deal because you have like four of them. So. Support for the Viking Age podcast is brought to you today by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology development to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, which is 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave, clean, and dry. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, you mentioned you went to the Bears, so if you went to a team like maybe like the Titans, would, have been, would it have... Ben, you think he would have reacted the same way or just because he's going to be in the Vikings division now, you can see him twice a year if he, you know, whenever whenever he becomes a starter. Um, I think the disappointment yeah. would have been the same. It's just the added insult to injury not that now we have to figure out how to stop him. And if he's good, which I think he'll be, that's a problem. So, well, the Vikings yeah. You know, as much as they've made trades with Rick Spielman in control of the draft, they've never traded their top pick to move up. It's always mm-hmm. either been they stayed stayed in place or they moved back. So I wasn't too surprised when, you know, I know they did make calls. They were uh, um, to trade up for for Slater. Uh, they tried to move up before the Chargers, um, and then you know, but I don't think they tried to trade up to get Fields, and then they might have called to see what what the asking price would have been, and obviously that was too much. I think the the Bears gave up uh, a first round next year, as well, in addition to their first round this year. Um, so, and then you know you factor in the Bears, their quarterback issues. I'm not so sold on Justin Fields because if a team like the Bears thinks he's worth trading up for, I mean they traded up for Mitchell Trubisky a couple years ago. So you know maybe maybe they hit it on this one, but at the same time I'm like, and they also traded for Nick Foles. They just signed Andy Dalton, so I'm not I'm not so sold on on their evaluations as for as far as quarterbacks go. The Bears, I, I mean, they were so desperate at that point. They would have traded up for I, I don't I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of a bad cut. Like would have traded up for Ryan Lee. Yeah, yeah like yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the exaggerations today, apparently. But it's I, I think Calvin Pace or excuse me, Ryan Pace was sitting there in his office going holy bleep, I need to get a quarterback come hell or high water. Like he was going to throw the whole farm. Like the Giants could have sat there and be like, no, we want like four firsts and like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. My job's on the line. I can't start any Dalton. I know in social yep. media posts and whatever. So, 
yeah, QB one, right? Yeah, yeah. So, do you think Minnesota's current plan is to make Kellen Mond the starter in twenty twenty two, or do you think maybe they'll take more of a, a wait and see approach with him? So, basically, will will the way that Kirk Cousins performs next season have any impact on their plans for Mond? Uh, I think Mond. The soonest he'll hit the field is 2022, but I don't think it'll be at the beginning of the season unless if unless if Cousins just has this season where we're just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. for all the bad moments that Kirk Cousins had last year, there were, what are you doing? But, I mean, he still had good stats. He had 4,000 yards, though. 35. Yeah, I know, those first six games. Like, if he comes out and has the same stretch like he had in the first six games, they might throw Kellen Mond in there. Yeah, people, like there, wanted, there's people gonna be, wanted to bench him for Sean Mannion last year, and that's how bad it got. Yeah, yeah, especially the Atlanta game. They're like, well, you have nothing else. You can't throw Mannion in there. Yeah. Now they have a legitimate thing, unless if Kellen Mond looks like Jordan Love. Right. Like, it, I don't know. I don't. I just don't see this working out, <laughs> to no. be honest with you. And I would love to be wrong. If the Vikings got a franchise quarterback in round three, like, hell yeah. But yeah. – I also think that the likelihood of a third round quarterback turning into a franchise god is slim to none. And yeah. I like would the Vikings go another year? Like next year's quarterback cr- class doesn't look too good with Sam Howell and Keaton Slovis. None of yeah. those guys really move the needle for me. I, I mean, I'm dancing around your question because <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know about it. Like, I, I don't know how Kellen Mond's going to turn out because yeah. he needs that much development right now. Um, I was playing NCAA uh, 14, yeah. which has the college football revamp thing. It's awesome. And one of the things that they do is they have little like cut ups. So like while you're loading games and stuff and they yeah. have Kellen Mond and his elbows are like this. Yeah, like the yeah, guy is yeah. so damn robotic that it's just like, they got to tell him, Hey man, loosen up a little bit. Like don't focus on so many of these things. Cause if you play like yourself, you'll probably succeed. Like we're seeing that a little bit, but it's just like, okay, five step drop, then a pump fake and all this stuff. And I, I think he really just overthinks things on the field. It's well, kind of reminds me of, thing, uh, if you ever saw Aaron Rodgers when he was in, was that Cal, he had a very robot mm-hmm. robotic kind of, you know, passing stance and he his elbows were all like that too where he just held the ball in the same place every time and then you know obviously he had a couple of years to sit in green bay and that got way better and he got to just be more natural with the ball and that turned out to be a, a pretty good outcome um so with the additions of christian derisaw and wyatt davis in this year's draft what are your expectations for the vikings offensive line next season i'm excited about them weird. actually it's weird yeah, it's it's a different <laughs> feeling. Like the biggest thing that I like about this offensive line going into training camp is that they seem solidified in their positions. Like we've gone into training camp the last couple of years, like, well, Brian O'Neill's at right tackle, but they might move him to left tackle, yep. or you know, Ezra Cleveland's a tackle, but they might make him a guard. Like, you know what everybody is, and you know where they're going to be playing. They put Wyatt Davis at his natural position at right guard and Zimmer came out yesterday during his rookie minicamp. He's like, we might play him all over the place. It's not going to be for long. Like they'll they'll probably just be like, okay, Ezra played on the left side in college. Wyatt played on the right side in college. Why mess it up? 
And then you also have guys that are entrenched in Brian O'Neill at right tackle, Garrett Bradbury at center. And Darisaw, you know, once I calm down over the overall disappointment of missing out on fields, Darisaw is one hell of a prospect. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is great in the running game, needs a little bit of work in the passing game, but he didn't allow a sack last season. I think that is a home run pick by the Vikings. And I love Wyatt Davis. He just looks like a pro caliber guard. Mm -hmm. And when he is healthy, I, I mean, even last year at Ohio State, he wasn't bad. I mean, he had his moments, but he wasn't awful. Like now, if he, yeah, if he's if he's good with his, well, we got to be careful with that because Drew Samia <laughs> is also he was part of the best offensive line in college football, and then uh, they threw him in. And he was part of it, but so he, well. he wasn't an All American, was he? Uh, I don't think he was. I think he was. No, I think he was. No way. I you no if way. you look it up, I'll well, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but what I'm what I'm saying here is like. He's, he's such uh, – well, Davis is so good in pass protection that guys just don't get moved, and he doesn't get moved often. I think that's been the biggest problem with the offensive line. So we've had guys on the ground. You know, Garrett Bradbury had the picture of him looking like he just won a game of flip cup on the ground, you know, without both his arms in the air. Like, uh, I really like the Davis pick, and I think Darisaw will be good on the edge as well. All right, so Drew Samia was a second-team All-American in 2018. Okay. He was the Big Still 12. Still hard to do. Yeah, Big 12 co-offensive lineman of the year in 2018. First team all Big 12. So Big 12, you know, all right. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm more happier with, with Wyatt Davis being a, a two-time first team All-American, especially do it two years in a row, especially to do it in the season where he only played, what, six games? Uh, yeah, last year, and you're still getting the, the all American stuff. Uh, I, a lot of people were just surprised that he fell to the third round. Most, I think, most people expected him to be off the board by the time uh, he actually came off. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this offensive line. You mentioned uh, Brian O'Neill. I think the Christian, an underrated part of the Christian Darisaw pick is when they give Brian O'Neill an extension. Now they don't have to pay him left tackle money because he's going to yes. stay at right Davis. So that saves them. A bunch of money, and that's kind of an underrated part of this Darisaw pick because he was being considered, you know, moving to left tackle, and then he's going to be like, "Oh, cool, so I get more money now, right?" Because I'm going to be on the left tackle because that's the premier spot for most offensive linemen. So that's a a big thing about this this pick about Christian Darisaw that I think is underrated. And if Darisaw works out, then it's even better. Um, and I think he's got a good chance. I would expect him to. To start right away because who else can start there? Like Rashad Hill. Um, I mean, and then I've heard things about like maybe they might start Dakota Dozier to begin the year. I'm like, no, don't stop, stop, don't do that. <laughs> like, like, what? There's not gonna be any difference between him and Wyatt Davis screwing up a couple times if he plays out there as a rookie. Like, and I think, and I think too, getting two decent guards next to Garrett Bradbury will make him better. Yeah, I, I saw someone a- call him a bust the other day after two years. I was like, ah, uh, two years? Come on. Like, did we call would, Aaron, did we call Aaron Rodgers a bust after his first couple of years when he was not that good? I would say disappointing, but not Oh, for bust. sure. For sure. I, I think, you know, when he came into the league, it was, yeah, this is a rock solid plug yeah. and play guard. Ten years, Mark Schlereth out there throwing <laughs> garbage. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, I, think, uh, I, I think we just underestimate how much. The performance of offensive linemen also depends on the guys next to them. Because you look at Riley Reef and how he struggled 
And that was when Pat Elf- Elfline was next to him. You take Pat Elfline out of there, and Riley Reef's like, "Oh, I'm I'm pretty good again." So that's weird because it was Dakota Dozier next. Yeah, <laughs> I maybe maybe Dozier's better a better run blocker than Elfline was because Elfline just he didn't do a whole lot. Right. I mean, I know he got got a job. He's with with the Panthers now. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, because they like to sign terrible former Vikings offensive linemen. Uh, shout out to Matt Khalil. Um, so it'd be interesting to, to see. Uh, let's move on to this this thing right here. Adam Thielen caused some Packers fans to to whine a little bit last week when he uh, you know, dissed their their sacred palace of Lambeau Field after he said it was his favorite place to play. That that part doesn't get played around his his comments afterwards where he said it's not fancy and there's bleacher seating. Um, so my question to you is: Have you been to Lambeau? And if you have, what's your opinion of the stadium? I have not been inside Lambeau Field. Oh, okay, I haven't okay. gone to a game there. But when we were in college, uh, River Falls actually played St. Norbert, which is in the pier, which is like a suburb of Green Bay. I okay. mean, there's not really suburbs, but um, it's right there. So we stayed in Green Bay, and I was like, you know young idiot college guy. I'm like, I'm going to pee on the side of the stadium. <laughs> and I got out there and like, Hey, it's really well lit, obviously. Cause it's like a <laughs> public building. Like yeah. I'm an idiot and B uh, there's cameras everywhere. Oh, so, yeah. I mean that, that went out. And the other reason was it's really cool from the outside. Yeah. Like looking at it that way, it's got the brick. Like you can kind of see the aura or whatever on the yep. outside. I mean, I really want to go to a game at Lambeau Field, but um, some of the stories about the Packer fans inside of Lambeau Field kind of rubbed a little bit of luster off and like the bleachers see. I like I've been to so many college in the high school. I mean, I've been to so many high school games. I don't care about backs on seats like TCF Bank is awesome and it has bleacher seats, too. Like mm-hmm. I I like going to games there. Um you know, it is what it is. It's an older stadium. It's a little bit worn down. A lot of the adjustments were made so the beautiful people uh, can get their suites and their clubs <laughs> and everything else. Wait, like there's the beautiful atrium. people in Green Bay? I, I know. it's an. It, I thought of that <laughs> as soon as I said that. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, some people are richer than others over there. I mean, I, I would love to go see a game at Green Bay. Do I want to do it this year when they're going to play in week 17 at <sighs> night? I'm not yeah. so sure about no, it. No, no, but no. like I went to the Blair Walsh game, the shank yeah. at the bank. Whew. And the good thing about that was my seat was in the sun. There you go. So, I mean, me being bundled up as I was, it wasn't too bad. But, I mean, those people in the shade, I was just like, oh, my God, that would be <laughs> it'd be horrible. And then, of course, the way that that game ended, that that wouldn't be much fun. But. Yeah, I mean, a night game, that'd be a little chilly, but I, I can't talk about the inside, but the outside looks absolutely awesome. The bu- um, the cold didn't seem to bother Bud Grant that day, though, in, uh, in TCF. <laughs> What's the worst stadium you've ever been to? Oh, uh, d- well, it's technically a football stadium, but I went to a baseball game there. Uh, Oakland Coliseum. Mm-hmm. I went there for an A's game, mm-hmm. and like, I wound up going there thinking, okay, I, I remember the Metrodome. It can't be worse than the Metrodome, right? And it was because you had we um, had seats along the third baseline. And the seat, uh, my friend's seat actually, the 
actual seat part was like crooked and then it was like jarred to the outfield. So everything <laughs> else was pointing towards home plate and like the little armrest was like broken off. And we think it was like used as a shank during a Raiders game or something. Sure. And, you know, we went up to, we went up to this like club area, you know, like target field, they got the bar out in left field or even like Petco park. They have those open drinking areas. Uh, in Oakland, it's like a closet, man. You go in this closet, there's a couple of TVs and, you know, they put a couple of nice things in there, but it's it's just a dump. And this guy's talking to us and he's like, man, this place is a dump, but it's our dump. And, you know, it used to be a really nice stadium before the Raiders moved back and they yeah. added all of those like luxury seats and foldable and everything else and closed it in. But yeah, it is it is definitely rough over in Oakland. How about you? They're trying. Well, first on that, I think they're trying to get a new stadium in Oakland mm-hmm. for the A's, and they the and baseball's like, if you don't get it, then you can leave because yeah, the stadium you're in, yeah, like you said, it's a dump. Um, for me, before I moved out to San Diego, it's probably the Bills Stadium. It's pretty rough in there. It's pretty old. I think it was built in like the 70s. Um, you know, they have they've done some renovations or whatever, but it's still you can tell it was built long time ago like just the what are those things called and like the hallways and stadiums like those are just concourses yeah yeah it's just like cement everywhere and you can tell always tell when that's there that this just is like an old stadium um i would say the chargers old stadium qualcomm or joe is it joe no joe robbie is uh, uh miami miami what's 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 the old charger stadium called before i i can't remember but that it, it was, was qualcomm yeah. it was it was qualcomm but it, it had something else because they had, the padres played there um oh uh let's see but it was just it was bad i went there for a preseason game when like i first moved there oh jack murphy um, oh yeah jack murphy stadium um they've they had a bunch of super bowls there before in the past but like just when i moved it was like 2016 2017 when the chargers were just like really just like all right, we're going to leave. So they just like gave up on maintaining the whole stadium. There was like the TVs they had in there were like from like the eighties. The scoreboard was like smaller than the TV I have in my house. Uh, There was like one working ATM in the whole place. Just uh, like, it was just not, not the greatest stadium you could have been to. I really think it's a California thing because my friend did the whole like, drive all the way up California to see mm-hmm. all the baseball stadiums. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, I was like, Oh, well, how was Dodger stadium? He's like, Oh, it's a dump. Like, they don't take <laughs> care of it. Yeah. Like I swear it's a cow. Cause like Oakland, it was the same thing. I'm sitting there going, how do you have a giant stadium and like not do anything to take care of it? And like the A's have put in scoreboards and like that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, kind of looking around, it's just like, why would you not like try to do something? Even like the angels, they took an old football stadium and made it into a baseball park. It's not the best in baseball, but it's definitely a lot nicer than some of the other ones. And yeah. then you have like the newer ones like Petco in San Diego. And uh-huh. uh, one of my favorites in San Francisco, uh, AT&T Park, which is right on the bay there. Yep. Yep. Very cold, though. It's deceptively cold. But oh, it's north- a lot it's of fun. Northern California. I think people forget how north California can get. Um, cause we always hear about LA and Southern California, how warm it is, but I, maybe, maybe, uh, 
the people who own stadiums in California just take advantage of it. They're like, the weather's always so nice, so why do we need a nice stadium? Yeah. Like, that's that's yep. part of the factor, you know? Um, and maybe the Dodger Stadium, they're just like, there's so much history here and everything. You know, we don't want to tear it down. And it's like, yeah, but you can at least, like, renovate it, fix it up like they do with, like, Wrigley Field or, or Fen- Fenway. Fenway even. Yeah, they added the seats on top of the monster. I've been to Fenway a lot, and Fenway is very nice. Fenway for how, is for how probably... Old it is. Yeah, Fenway is probably my favorite overall. Not just because of the stadium, because of just going to Boston. Oh, everything around uh, it, the whole block. Yeah, 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 it's so much fun. Like if you haven't done it, I'd highly suggest it. I've been there. I've been there multiple times because my dad is a Red Sox fan. Um, so this the Viking schedule came out last week. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to really look at it. I'm guessing you did, since you you cover the Vikings as well. What were what were some of your thoughts on there? Is there any game or, or games that stood out to you as like, ooh, that one's going to be tough or a tough stretch maybe that uh, you noticed in their schedule? What were some of your takeaways from the Vikings schedule this year? So like the first takeaway that I had was the beginning of the season. And we're going to learn a lot about this new look Viking defense. Mm-hmm. You go to Cincinnati and I know Joe Burrow's coming off a torn ACL, but he's also got an offensive line. That was 30th in the NFL and pro football focuses mm-hmm. uh, offensive line rankings. If the Vikings can't get pressure on him, there are a lot of ways for Joe Burrow to hurt you because you got Joe Mixon in the backfield. You got Jamar Chase, who's a stud. Yep. Tyler Boyd and T Higgins are pretty good receivers on the outside. Um, you have a lot of ways they can hurt you. And then you go to Arizona where you're going up against that air raid offense. This team wasn't very good in the secondary. They have a lot of new pieces there. I want to see how they do that. Uh, The first game in over a year with fans at U.S. Bank Stadium Mm. is going to be Seattle, which is awesome. It is a 325 start. So loud. Yeah, fans are going to be lubed up and (laughs) ready to go for that one. Um, Probably me included. But all right, uh, all right. that that is going to be a very good one. And then the fourth game, they play Stefanski at home. They mm-hmm. play Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And the Viking run defense was not good last year. Uh, I know they added Dalvin Thomason. They're going to get Michael Pierce, which is like a free agent acquisition in its own right. But they love to run the ball. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they were one of the top rushing yep. offenses, I think third in the NFL last year. So those four games, we're going to have a great idea of how this Viking uh defense is going to look and then after the bye you get the halloween home game against dallas which is really interesting to me considering how they let last year slip away and all the weird stuff that went on with that you had the helmet to helmet hit that didn't get reversed like the chris Uh, boyd false start or whatever or the illegal man down yeah the business decision by chris jones uh mike mccarthy smashing watermelons with a sledgehammer (laughs) the night before like just a lot of weird things. And then what it does is it leads off to their stu- toughest stretch of the season yeah. where you have to go to Baltimore. Four then out of five you, games are on the road. Yep. Go to Baltimore. Go to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. You come home to play Green Bay, who still might have Aaron Rodgers as yep. their quarterback. I'm not celebrating yet. And then you go back out west to go play San Francisco, who will be significantly healthier than they were last year. And then you finish off with a whole bunch of divisional games at the end. It's not a, oh my God, this is so hard schedule. I actually went through it. And people who have heard me on this podcast before knows I am not the most positive (laughs) Vikings uh, person ever. 
I had them listed at about 11 or 12 wins. That's what I got them in. I did the predictions, the way too early predictions. I got, I think I went 11 and six. That's what it comes out to now with the 17. I games. think they start really hot. Yeah. I, I, I really so do. I think I, I had think them they're better than like, the teams they're going to play. Yeah. Like six and one or, or, or five and one or something like that. Um, you mentioned the, nine the, and one. you mentioned the Bengals. Nine and one. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah. you mentioned the Bengals being able to protect Joe Burrow. Well, they have Riley Reef now, so they should be they should be good. They should be able to protect him. Um, yeah. Against our defensive line, I I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, they sh- what they should do, what the Vikings should do, is put Daniel Hunter in front of Riley Reef and be like, "All right, see what you can do," because we've seen you in practice before, and we know you can't stop him. So, good luck. And what is what is happening with Daniel Hunter? That's true too. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. know if they trot out the same defensive line that they had last year. Uh, even if they do have their wall of beef in the middle, <laughs> well, like <laughs> I, I, I need to make that edge rushers. Steven, yeah, Steven Ed Weatherly doesn't do anything for me. DJ Wanham, people love him, but if he doesn't sack Aaron Rodgers, are we even like excited about him? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I just, I'm very skeptical about this. And then you have your slew of pet cats. I guess that was the one thing with the Darisaw pick. It's like, you know, maybe you stay at 14, you get Quiddy Pay, Pay, you get yep. Jalen Phillips. I know the I know the trade down got you Wyatt Davis, which yep. and Kellen Mond, which I'm still and they got Patrick you know. Jones in the third round too. Yeah. I, I mean it it was a solid trade, but I don't know. Like those edge rushers, man, it needs immediate help and I, I don't see it. I think the last time the Vikings drafted an edge rusher in the first round was like 95 or 96. It was like Derek. It Alexander. was Erasmus James. In oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But before, yeah, I, even before that, it was like, uh, I guess it was, uh, what's his face that didn't go to camp? Um, Michigan State. Demetrius Underwood? Yeah, yeah. Went yeah, to but, go find Jesus and never came back. Yeah, well, he played for the Dolphins and Cowboys for a little bit. Um, yeah. Erasmus James, though, I, I got a story my buddy told me. Did he play at all? Uh, he did remember. play. He was not very good, so yeah. you probably wouldn't have that was the it, Was that Williamson's year, too? Uh, yes. They took Williamson <laughs> at seven and Erasmus <laughs> James at 19. What a, what a class. They passed on Aaron Rodgers twice. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. With the MVP Dante <laughs> Culpepper. But, but no, James, uh, a friend of mine, actually told me this story. And I might be forgetting the story a little bit. But uh, he recalled that back in 2000, whenever James got cut, that day he went out to the club. So he was at the bar having a couple beers and all of a sudden the DJ gets over to the speaker and it's like, you know, one of those big spotlight things or whatever. And like they have Erasmus James just tanked and he's just like, yeah, who want to go home with the Minnesota Viking? And he's like, oh, and uh, <laughs> he had just gotten cut. Um, but I, I mean, if you're going to use that card for one more day, that's yeah. a good situation to use it, it when you think about it. Is he, um, is he, he's not the one who got cancer or, or, or was that? Kinechi that was Udeze? Kinechi Udeza. Yeah. That was, that was another guy I liked coming out of college. Yeah, but, right. All right. Yeah. I'll get you out of here with this. So former Minnesota Timberwolves, great Kevin Garnett was inducted into the pro basketball hall of fame this weekend, along with Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. Both, every, all those guys made me feel extremely old by going in the hall of fame, by the way, this is the guys I, these are the guys I grew up watching. Um, yeah. So is Garnett the greatest Minnesota professional athlete of your lifetime? I, I was I was going to say yes, 
And then I started thinking about Randy Moss. Yeah. I, but Garnett was there longer. Yep. And I think he had more of an impact. So like, Ma, I, I say it's between Moss and Garnett. Yep. Like some people will say Joe Maurer because he's one of us. But I mean. When, when, I, when were you born? 1986. 86. So Kirby Puckett could be in there too, right? Yes, but I was I was a little too young. Like people are like, "Oh yeah, you've seen two championships, you know, 1991." <laughs> I'm like, "Nah, man, I was I'm watching, watching Rugrats or some shit." <laughs> you know? Oh, sorry. I swear. no. I mean, I was watching Rugrats or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, like KG and uh, you know Randy Moss were like yep. my two favorite athletes growing up. I mean, I think KG means more to Minnesota basketball than Randy Moss means to Vikings football because mm-hmm. I think Moss kind of pulled everybody in after, you know, kind of a mediocre stretch in the 90s. You yep. know, you had Red McCombs spouting off Purple Pride, but the, it was not Red McCombs. It was Randy Moss. And obviously everybody listening to this podcast knows that Moss just brought a certain kind of excitement. I think his play actually eventually helped them not move this team to L.A. and kind of get the fan base rallied around it. But I mean, with Kevin Garnett, I, I mean, the Timberwolves have had absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I, I mean, like people can scream Carl Anthony Towns all they want, but Kevin Garnett yeah. was, is the Minnesota Timberwolves player that you think about. And I know he got traded to Boston. He wound up winning his title there. I know he's had a little bit of fallout with ownership. Um, I read something this morning that A-Rod's trying to get him into the investment group That's now. Uh, yeah, it's a very good idea. Um, I, I really think that Kevin Garnett is yeah, probably the most influential because I played basketball because of KG. Yeah. I think a lot of other kids did too. Um, I went to Timberwolves playoff games with my dad. That shows you how old I am. I guess I already said my date of birth, but <laughs> like, I, you know, Kevin Garnett, it's almost like one A and one B. It's, it's totally tough, but yeah, Kevin Garnett definitely has a soft spot in my heart. No mention of Adrian Peterson, which is no, which is which is fine because I don't think he had as much of an impact as either of those two guys. He was, no. he was great. He had a great he had a great bunch of years. Obviously, the MVP season, but like you said, the impact that those two guys had on the just the entire city of you know Minneapolis and state of Minnesota, I think, is much larger than what Adrian Peterson was able to do. You're forgetting the big one though, Kirill Kaprizov, who. Faces off Already? about an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. He is a god over here. Like, nobody's even seen him play, but, like, everybody, like, they're ready to build a statue of him. When in did front the of, stars uh, move? The Excel. They moved in 1992, 93. Okay, so, 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 Ma- so Madonna could be in there, you know? <laughs> Madonna was only there for a couple years, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, Kaprizov, I've written about this at. Sorry to plug other websites, but I mean, I wrote this yeah. about this at Bring Me the News. His rookie season is on par with like North Stars greats. Like we think of Marion Gabrick, but you got Mike Madonna, Neil Broughton. Yeah. Um, there's another big name I'm forgetting in there. Wayne ah, But yeah, he, he did not play for the Wild. I can confirm that. <laughs> or I mean, uh, uh, the North Stars. Um, but yeah, I mean... Kaprizov's doing something special right now, and I think that's why the state is very excited about where the Wild could yeah. go in the playoffs. Well, it is a, a hockey state. I think the Vikings are probably the most it popular. It is the state of hockey. State of Get hockey. it right, Adam. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, I think the Vikings are probably still the most popular professional team. But, you know, if, if the Wild get up and going, they they could easily take that that title. 
couple good years, good playoff runs with uh, that that young guy they got. You know, they got Justin Jefferson, Anthony Edwards. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the guy from the wild that you keep mentioning because I just don't <laughs> want to mess it up. Gorilla uh, the Thrill, that's all you need to yeah, know. That's, okay, all right, there we go. Um, but that's going to do it for us today. Uh, where can people follow you on Twitter, Chris? I am at the real Krishad. Uh, and I also have the Homer Horn podcast yep. page, which I'm still trying to like motivate myself to do other fun things over at that account. So right. if you follow one, follow the real Krishad and you, you'll and know write, what's up. You also write for what zone coverage and bring me the news zone coverage, bring me the news. And of course, uh, every once in a while I'll dabble at the Vikings age. I'm really sorry. I will write something soon for you. <laughs> Don't um, worry about it. We'll I figure know. it out. Life gets life gets busy, so I'm not I'm not worried about it. But uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.